Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. And trust me, there's a lot of it. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we're experts on teens. Yes, that's actually a thing. We've worked as college admission officers, prep school administrators, and have coached and mentored thousands of teens in our lifetimes. When it comes to teens, we've seen it all. Teens can be wild and wonderful all at once, but they can also frustrate the hell out of you. The good news is that we speak teen. So join us every week as we drop knowledge and interview teens and other experts to help you gain valuable insight into your teenager's world. Because parenting is hard AF, but we've got your back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. Today, we are going to talk about something that comes up a lot in our work with teens and adolescents and preteens, um, and that is structure and schedules. And what we notice with a lot of our, and we wanted to bring, I think we wanted to do this episode because we noticed that for a lot of our students, they're either overscheduled or under structured, <laughs> if that makes sense. Over over structured or over over scheduled. Over structured, but over. I'm oh, I got tongue tied. <laughs> Say it again. So they're either over. I mean, is over scheduled <laughs> over structured the same thing? I'm thinking over scheduled. Like we have kids who are like they they have too much stuff going on in their lives, and the, so their schedule is very rigid. I think that's over. That could be overstructured. Okay, that could also be counted as overstructured. And then there's kids who are understructured. Yes. Yeah, where parents are like, "Hey, you know what? We trust you to make your own decisions, and you know, you're 12, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we really trust you. Yeah, we really trust you. And I'm like, don't trust your 12 year old. They like, don't know what they're doing. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so true. there's a happy medium in there somewhere. So we thought we'd talk about because I think as a parent, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to know, right? Like you don't want to be. You don't want to, like, impose your will on your kids. You want them to be able to make choices. And that is important. We'll talk about that. But or, you, or, in fact, you may want to impose your will on your Or you may child. want to. Right. I think, like, but you're, you're trying to resist. Yeah. There's some. There's also, like, a scale, right? Like, on the parenting scale, like, are you very, are you kind of laissez-faire and you're like, whatever works, works. That's great. You decide. Or are you like the Gestapo? Like, you know, like there's like a, there's a scale in which you land on as a parent. And I think it's good to figure out like where you are right now and actually what, what might the optimal, like each kid is different. So I don't know if there's optimal, but I think that there is kind of like a best practice and that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm. Yes. Mm. Okay. Talking. (laughs) We're we're in person again. So exciting. I love having Meredith here with me. I'm probably going to touch her more today. That's okay. Um, Totally fine. (laughs) So Meredith, why don't you start us off and tell us what is structure and why is it important? Yeah, I think, you know, to me, structure is the word I think of is routine. Mm -hmm. And by having and helping your child by personally having your own routines and by helping your child cultivate and develop their own routine. I think it helps create more balance. Mm -hmm. I think it reduces stressors. Yep. It helps folks feel more in control of how their day to day life unfolds. Um, 
which has a lot of cascading benefits, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think that that means that therefore that you are more productive. You probably procrastinate less. You manage your time better. Your space might be cleaner and that has, makes your mood better. So I I would say that structure is an, an important, one of many factors in helping reduce stress, maintaining wellness, growing good habits, yeah, and I think if you're a parent who are like, who's like, you know what, I'm not that structured. You might realize that, like, in your <laughs> in your own lack of structure, like, like, or you've had a phase in your life where mm-hmm. you haven't been very structured. What you'll notice is you're like, wow, you know, I'm I'm actually much more productive with a job because it imposes the structure mm-hmm. on my life. And you know, your kids have school, and that imposes structure in their life. But mm-hmm. their before school and after school routine is really important. Yeah. And so let's start with the good. The good. The good. We'll do the good, bad, and the ugly. So the good, good structure, I think like the 10,000 foot view on good structure is that number one, there is a structure. And within that structure, your kids have some choice and freedom within that structure. So what are some components of a good structure? One of the things that I think about a lot, and this is very important if you think about when your children were little, like babies, toddlers, reaching some of those earlier milestones, it's interesting to watch how structured, you know, a four-year-old's life is around nap time or when we eat or those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Snacks, eating, snacks. all the things. I like to structure my snacks in my eating. <laughs> my, my snacks and my snacks. My structure really privileges snacks. Snacks, by the way. I, my, my, I... Would also say that my routine overprivileges mealtime. Like, yeah. I must eat. There must be, I know you and I are different that way. Like, I have to have breakfast. It's not an optional yeah. meal for me. Yeah. Where for you, you're like, oh, I can have a coffee. You're one of those people. That's why you're skinny. <laughs> That's fine. I don't miss meals when I'm trying to say. Anyways, we got to bring it back. We, we digress. Back. I think we're about to go to lunch. And so I think we might be hungry. Um, okay. So I think an element of a good structure is one where there is predictability mm-hmm. and consistency in expectations. So for example, let's say there's a chore day in the week in your house, right? Like Saturday mornings is when the whole family does the things and that child has to clean the bathroom and take out the trash and empty the dishwasher and load the dishwasher. And that child has a set of other responsibilities. And parent one has something, parent two, guardian one, whoever. That everybody, and that's that's sort of just what we know Saturday from 9 to 11 kind of looks like. Now, I understand that that's not always realistic. Life gets in the way, as especially as teens get older, their schedules get more complex and busier with sports and responsibilities. But I think having clear expectations as a parent about what are some of the rules and boundaries around certain kinds of activities, like do they have a curfew? When are they expected to be in bed? Um, Mm -hmm. When, where does technology live? Are they allowed to have technology on in their house, in their room? This is a huge one. And I would say, I would just interject really quickly on that. I'm touching Meredith again. (laughs) Let me interject. (laughs) I can't help it. The technology one is huge. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're parents of little kids, like setting those boundaries and 
rules and expectations around like when they can use, how long. Why? Why is it huge? Why do you think that matters, especially around technology? Because it is hard to rein that sh- you know what in <laughs> when they're teenagers. I mean, that's it's in the podcast name. I think. It's hard to rein that shit in when they're teenagers. If you don't start, yeah, young. And you just like before your kids get on social yeah. media, the second they're on social media, they're like going to be like, what What do you mean you care about how much time you didn't used to care? Yeah. Right? When Starting I was, to pull that oh, card man. when they're like 14 and 15. Hard. It's gonna be rough. Yeah. It's going to be a major fight. So I would start early, very early. Those conversations early, those boundaries early, rules. Rules are good. I know parents like it is a pain in the ass to reinforce rules. And I think that's why some parents are like, you know, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> Like, maybe we don't need to put a role here because yeah. maybe it's going to be okay. Uh, maybe, but probably not. But I like the word parameters, particularly for older children, right? right. I think, you know, five-year-olds need some rules. Right. But older children, I think here are the parameters. Okay. Parameter is you are waking yourself up and it needs to happen by this time, right? Now, how they go about that or if it's at 8.15 versus 8.30, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but there's a clear expectation um, and a clear consequence and a clear consequence for not following through on the expectations. Right. That's true. That's really important because if, if I, an expectation without a, a sort of conversation about potential consequences is just a wish. <laughs> you just wish your children. Would I like that. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, that's like quotable Meredith. I like that. I'm going to put that up on my wall somewhere. It's this green tea you're giving me. It's giving me life. <laughs> And good diction. <laughs> no, but it's true, right? I, I, it's, I know it's not fun to be the bad guy. I think you know parents often struggle with that because they're just like, oh, I don't want to be the, and I don't want to be the police, and I don't want to be doing the nagging and this, that, and the other thing. But if you can have, like you said, a conversation about it, right? If you can really actually talk about it and be clear about why. Yeah, I also want to push back on this language that I think is convenient to say, but we kind of need to maybe have encourage parents to not say that you're not the bad guy. You're being a good parent by helping your child, Mm -hmm. by you're preparing your child for increasing independence because what you are modeling, hopefully you're modeling it and reinforcing is self-regulation. Yeah. Oh, I, I know that I have certain responsibilities to maintain the cleanliness of my space. I know that I need to get a certain amount of sleep a night because that is good for me. So I am going to make that a priority even when I don't feel like it, right? Yep. So you're not- Yeah, I think so that's you know. great. You're being, you're being a good parent by doing these things. And your kids are not, you're helping them be self-regulated because the parts of their brain that will hopefully grow into- right being more naturally self-regulated are not the, aren't that developed yet. It may not develop until like my prefrontal cortex. I think I've said this before in other, other episodes, but like, I don't think I had one until I was like 25. Just saying. <laughs> that's about when I met you. <laughs> yeah. That was like, that's about when I met you. that was about when I became a responsible human being. I would say like my second full-time job. Do you think it was because I entered your life? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I mean, you, you're definitely a positive influence on my on on my uh, good behavior, mm. being a good citizen, undoubtedly. What else would you add to the list of good structure? Um, did you say consistent? I might have. Yeah. But let's be consistent and say it again. <laughs> I think this is huge because this is hard. 
This is the hard one because you got to be consistent on the expectation and on the consequence. Mm. Because as soon your kids are going to want to push, especially like developmentally how old they are, they're going to want to see where they can get away with stuff. Yeah. And if they can get away, like maybe you don't have this kid, but most teenagers, you know, they're going to want to see where yeah. the boundary is. And that's why they're always asking you, well, why? And why this? And what about this? And they're going to argue with you about it. Well, can I come home well, yeah. 30 minutes later? Yeah. But, last Every, but no one else's parents right. have this perfume. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And last week you let me do it. And then this week you didn't. You let it. my older sister go to <laughs> X camp. Why can't I? Yep. You don't trust me. Yep. You don't think I'm blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, they will come for, for you. you. <laughs> they and they know your buttons. For you. <laughs> exactly. Clever little children. Exactly. And don't. Don't bite, parents. Don't Stay do strong. it. Stay strong. <laughs> exactly. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> you know, like they are really good at pushing all your buttons and the consistency is important. And I would say also when you think about consistency, a really easy way to be consistent is to be clear about your values Yeah. as a parent. Like we always go back to this. We do it for our teens. We also do it for our parents. But like Village has this cool value store. We'll include a link. But, you know, it is good for you and your your parenting partner to be on the same page around what are the values. And we can go back to that for consistency, right? Yeah. Like you need to sleep eight to nine hours every night because we value your health. Mm-hmm. You need to eat your vegetables because we're a healthy family. And we do that. You need to exercise and play a sport because activity is important because it's part of keeping your brain and your body healthy. Right? Like going back to those values over and over again, I think can really help with consistency. And at the risk of sounding not consistent, I do think the other thing to pay attention to is that when we're talking about expectations and guidelines, we're not talking about fixed behavioral norms that never flex or adjust, right? Because the expectations you have of your 13-year-old probably need to look different than the expectations you have of your 17 and Mm 18-year-old. So I think another element of good structure is that from time to time, we take it off the shelf as a group, as a family, and we we revisit it in light of new information. So for example, if if a student has sort of demonstrated an inability to follow that structure on a consistent basis then obviously that's there's something about that structure that needs a little bit of attention or fine tuning. Conversely, you know, if the goal of this, right, hopefully is to build independence, then there probably needs to be more autonomous decision making as that child gets older within structure, right, within parameters. Yep. So I think about it like the analogy I often use is when you go bowling, and <laughs> you would have a bowling. I know it's analogy. That is weird. Bowl, like regu- I've been it's like you're a nerd. Like, That's four fine. years since I bowled. <laughs> Don't lie, Meredith. You have your own bowling ball. <laughs> no, you know what? My grandmother was in a bowling league at like eighty-seven, and she was not even the oldest one. This that is good. Rolled. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you're on a roll. Yes, <laughs> I am. Oh, uh, yeah. So, what was I saying? <laughs> what was I talking about? You're bowling an analogy. How are you going to forget? Bumpers. That's what I meant. So, <laughs> try not to die. Bumpers. Okay. So, when you go bowling, little kids, you know, they have bumpers, or if you're just bad at it, 
and <laughs> you know it can there's there's a lot of room to within bumpers, certain correct. guidelines yeah you know to kind of experience and experiment with aspects of behavior and structure right but there are still always boundaries there's still always parameters maybe the 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 sort of width of those boundaries starts to increase as your child gets older yeah there bullying analogy done <laughs> done <laughs> i'm gonna try i'm gonna try my best to bring in another bowling analogy during our talk today um so let's talk also about what i think that brings up a good point about like what what is like when i when i say you know, there should be some choice within that structure. Yeah. Let's do some examples of what that means. Like, what does that actually mm. look like? Okay, let's take sleep. Yeah. I think sleep's a good example. So, you know, there's lots of research around adolescent needs mm-hmm. and sleep and their circadian rhythms and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, they need consistency. They need more hours of mm-hmm. sleep than you and I at this stage of development. So probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like eight to 11 hours. And they tend to naturally, their body clocks, uh, they don't get tired until later. That's why all these schools are moving to later starts. So, okay, maybe the parameter is you absolutely need to have a block of time where it's eight to 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's non-negotiable. We need you to get that much sleep because we value as a family your health and the, you know, the peace and quiet of our home at night. I don't know. And you might engage in a conversation with your maybe older child. You say, well, we want lights out at 10 and they come back to you and say like, 10's really like kind of, I'm not tired at 10, which is by the way, probably true. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can engage in a conversation about what might be a time that makes more sense given when they need to wake up the next morning. Mm -hmm. Or you say, they say, I really want to sleep in on the weekend. I want to quote unquote catch up on my sleep, which is by the way, not a thing. And so on Saturdays, like, I don't want to set an alarm and I just want to wake up whenever I want. And you say, okay, like you're right. It's not a school day. You don't need to be up as early as you normally do Monday through Friday, but it's also not okay for you to sleep in until noon because as a family, we're going to, you know, our Saturday mornings are X or Y, but what's a middle ground option that Mm -hmm. we could talk about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So those would be some ways where there are clear rules around sleep, clear expectations, and yet there is a little bit of decision-making that the child gets to participate in. So this is what I hear. I think we could do a whole other episode on sleep. But here's here's what I hear from a lot of the students that I work with and families. Well, you know, we'd love for Johnny to get eight or nine hours of sleep, but he always has homework. I mean, he's got sports until 6 o'clock. He has to eat dinner, and then he's got homework that he has to do until, like, Midnight, 1 a.m. sometimes, 2 a.m. sometimes if he's got a test. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, <laughs> your face is telling me things. What do you, <laughs> what do you. <laughs> sometimes when I, I really need to work on getting my face because sometimes when I think I'm making a neutral expression, people say stuff like that to me and I'm like, oh, I better get a mirror. <laughs> um, what do I think about that? Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that's a moment of curiosity. Mm. Tell me more, Meredith. So if that's really the case where our wish and our value as a family is health and wellness, and we're noticing that there is behavior making that difficult to accomplish or achieve because of the things you just named, sports and homework, I have 900 questions. First, I would really investigate, well, 
how overscheduled is this child with extracurricular activities? Perhaps they're giving you lots of messages that they can't do. They can't juggle all these balls at the same time. Well, and we but, need to make some well, adjustments. But Meredith, I mean, our kids never going to get into insert highly selective college name here if we don't have them do all these things. So what are you talking about? Yeah. So uh, not true. Um, <laughs> and I think, again, that's why we. I'm triggering you. Uh, yeah, she is. <laughs> Sorry. It started off so nice. So it was handholding. <laughs> now I'm being triggered. Um, yeah, I think it goes back to values. It's like you you can't have it all, parents. Like you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make some choices. And we are trying to encourage you to make choices that are rooted in what you see as sort of the fundamental principles and values that guide your family. And I would also, but I would also, it's it could not be the sports, right? I would investigate that whole, I'm spending three hours of a night on homework. Okay, let's ask some questions about that. Are you really? Are you spending three hours on things that should be taking you 30 minutes? Is part of why you're spending three hours on something because you spent an hour and a half like on TikTok and YouTube and distracting yourself? And maybe if you learned how to be more efficient, you would be able to get to sleep on time and get the hours you need. Yeah. Or you're spending three hours on something because you're sleep deprived. <laughs> or you're right. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? It's like a cycle. That or I you're see like, with like a lot of kids. Or these classes are not an appropriate match for you right now. Like they're just taking up too much of your time. So yeah, there's all kinds of possible. So I think that would be curiosity, right? To not immediately swallow this notion that you're supposed to, that the right way, capital R, is if your child, like there's just like no other option. We can possibly, like your, your example, know. we can possibly not have them in sports. We can, he couldn't possibly drop to only two AP classes. I mean, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nonsense! <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I understand the pressure. I empathize. And we're going to do a whole episode on like the ways that I think other parents can whip parents up into a frenzy around these things. Yeah. And schools too. Yeah, of course. Right. I mean, the, it's in the water, right? It's, it's around us. It's in the culture. It's especially where we are in Silicon Valley. Like, you know, it's just the air that we breathe, like regardless Ugh. of whether or not you put this notion, parents, pollution, <laughs> pollution, cultural pollution. Well, I think that what I see with a lot of my students, and I have a, parents who believe what we believe, right? But yeah. their kids, when they get into high school and they're surrounded by these high achieving, you know, quote unquote high achieving, right? Overachieving kids, I would say, like, then they feel like, well, I need to be doing all these things too. So even if parents are like, well, we don't need you to be doing all these things, the kids are like, well, I want to be doing all these things because my goal is to get into this college and I know I can't get in it if I do X, Y, Z. And if I don't do X, Y, Z, is that ever going to happen? Like, yeah. Oh, so, you know, we understand that it's not an easy fight to win with your kids, especially if you are in one of these kind of overachieving communities, right? So... It's it, that's all to say, like, we get it. And you, as a parent, are allowed to make different decisions for your child and your, for your family. And that I would like to reassure you that your child is going to be just fine. Yeah. Right. Well, and you're not going to be hurting them. I think that's what parents worry. Like, if I don't let them do these things, am I going to be hurting them? And what we're no, saying is, helping them. right, like we're saying the opposite. You're actually helping them and the kids who really do well are the kids who thrive, you know, they do get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. <laughs> they do yeah. have clear structure and boundaries in their life. And are therefore more able to perform in the areas of their life that are important to them. Right. You know, so if you, you sort of prioritize, it's sort of 
centering the wrong thing if you're sort of centering the activity or the outcome in, the outcome yeah because what will facilitate the outcome that you actually probably want in a way that's going to be nicer for everybody is you know the values based decision making what are other elements Kathy that you would say of like a good structure um let's see so consistency consequences or maybe we should talk about what's a bad structure yeah i feel like we've covered most of what's good okay what's I'll a think poor of... structure a poor structure is no structure obviously which might sound surprising to some of you parents out there who really have you know tried to create structure in your kids lives but i think that more often than not i see parents not having clear expectations around like they think they have clear expectations but when i talk to them about it i'm like well have you communicated that with your child mm -hmm. they're like no <laughs> have you had a conversation about it right so i think like even before uh i guess this goes in the good pile but you know no communication is bad lots of communication is good and i think in order to have good communication you've got to start at early age yeah right so normalize that communication around expectations right like allow your kids to ask questions right it's not there are times where you can pull the parent card and that's appropriate yeah. it's not always productive to do that right well i think if the reason you're pulling it is like a because of expediency right like if i just right. need to like you know pick be, up done my with this conversation. be done with this conversation yeah. and like get onto my task list that's probably you're wasting a powerful tool you're right it's a, a very powerful tool it's a very actually. powerful tool yeah. to be used sometimes mm -hmm. um wait but i want to i want to ask you a question so yeah. you're talking about starting young but what if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like oh crap i thought that part of i thought that and i think this is an earnest um kind of viewpoint like oh well part of my parenting style is to kind of like deep end of the pool let them sink or swim figure it out and so that means i haven't sort of taught a lot of structure and now my kid's 16. so how but i hear the point you're making and i want to you know reintroduce maybe yeah. something more formal we work with those parents a lot <laughs> times they, they come to us because they need another person now right like they've mm. they're at this point in their parenting relationship with their child that they're like wait a minute <laughs> we're not very effective <laughs> Yeah. And they're not listening to us and yeah. we don't know why. And we kind of need this third party to come in and help us reset. Right. So what was your question? What would I say to that? Yeah. Like just how to help maybe reset or recorrect or especially, you know, something that I run into a lot. And it's so funny. I was on a parent call not too long ago and the parents, I mean, it was a very like happy kind of jokey call. But they were both calling the, uh, each other out about like, well, you're the good cop, you're the bad cop, you know, and they just, yeah. their styles in their own home are different. Yeah. And it creates confusion. Totally. And frustration for them, for their child. Yep. Like if you're confused as a parent, your kid's definitely confused. I think that's a huge one, actually, I would absolutely put on the list, which is I, I do find in those instances, those parents who are like, uh, we haven't created a lot of structure and now we're trying to impose some structure and get a ton of pushback. One of the things that comes up a lot is that the parents aren't on the same page, which yeah. is why they yeah. have never imposed structure mm. because they can't get on the same page about what that structure should look like. 
right? Parenting is so hard. I really yeah. – <laughs> I feel for you. As I'm saying all of this, I'm yeah. like, oh, it's so hard. I know you're doing your best. I know you're doing the best you can. It is really hard. But, you know, talking with your partner and, like, getting on the same page around what – what like, what are our roles in this conversation? What are what are our expectations? What are the consequences that we're going to hold everybody accountable to, right? And what I try to, you know, for these families, again, I go back to like having the, the conversation about values. I often come in and say, here's a structure based on what I'm hearing from your daughter and or your child on what their day looks like. Here's what I'm recommending as an appropriate structure. And it almost always includes eight to nine hours of sleep. And what I find more often than not is that kids are actually, oh, it's pretty rare that I see a kid who's underscheduled. Every once in a while, I'll mm -hmm. see a kid who just has like way too much free time. And free time is good. Every kid needs unstructured free time, go to challenge success. They've got lots of research on this, but like yeah. unstructured free time is really important yeah. for all human beings, right? Especially adolescents. But also, too much unstructured free time mm -hmm. can be a little bit of a black hole for kids, mm -hmm. right? Like, they're just like, well, I don't know. I guess I'll just go on YouTube for six hours. Play video games. <laughs> Play yeah. video games, right? So that's a place where I think parents can impose more structure and say, actually, you know, and you can go to values. Like, we can, you know, we want you to be part of a community. It's important to us that we're participating and helping mm -hmm. our community, right? Mm -hmm. And we research tells us that's really good for human beings. We'll do an episode on positive psychology later. But, you know, so maybe you do something as a family to introduce the idea. Like we always have this tradition of participating in a service activity once a month, whatever, as a family, and then get your kids more into this idea and like, okay, this is something that we value as a family. We like you to do more of it. Um, for the kids who are overstructured, mm -hmm. I would say this is like a bad thing. Which gets back to our point of like, well, I, there's not enough hours in the day for me to do all the things that I need to do. Well, yeah, then you need to do less of those things. And I think like the pushback I get from parents on that is, well, it's too high stakes. Mm. We can't. It's too high stakes. Well, then you're letting your kid know what you value, right? right. And they are going to orient their, themselves to that goal. I would just respond to that too with, you know, play that tape to the end, my friends. What is high stakes? What's the worst that's going to happen? That's just so much cognitive distortion right there. Mm -hmm. This sort of all or nothing, black and white thinking, catastrophic thinking. That is not useful. No. Apart from it being like an incorrect logical conclusion, like it's actually not true. It's also not useful. Like I just, I don't know. I'm sort of more pragmatic. Like does that serve you? Does that serve your child? If the answer is no, let's sort of divorce ourselves from these perceptions of what it's ought, it ought to look like and let's deal with the kid that you have in front of you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Meet your kid where they are. Everyone's going to be a lot happier and healthier and more able to understand their motivations for doing the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as I'm thinking about it, because, you know, you and I also work in the college counseling space where we're helping kids with their college processes and talking talking yeah. to them about college lists and selectivity and this, that, and the other thing, you know, it's like a lot of times when, when I see parents, like we don't work with a lot of clients like this really because we pretty much filter them out. <laughs> like if a parent comes to us and is like, 
show me your matriculation list. How many kids have you gotten into Ivy Leagues in the last five years? That's usually a warning sign for me. Yeah, like, right, I don't right. want to work with that family. Yeah, yeah. I don't, we typically, and I typically steer those parents away from our services because it's not really what we do. And I think parents have so many dreams for their kids, right? And sad, I mean, I think our society has created this belief that part of that dream includes getting to a highly selective college. like. Somewhere along that in the dreaming, right, has included getting my kid into a highly selective college. And so what we try to do is we try to shoehorn our kid into a mold, right, that we think will get them into a highly selective college because if they get into a highly selective college, then they're going to be set for life, right? Which is kind of funny because a lot of the families that we work with are very wealthy. (laughs) I'll just put it out there, like – they're very privileged families. Like your kid's gonna be fine, actually. <laughs> like they've got they're they're very wealthy in terms of they're getting, social capital. They're getting some head starts in life, right? They've got plenty of social capital that's gonna carry them far in life. And I like to remind kids of that. I'm like, you know what? You're gonna be fine. I know it feels like you're not gonna be fine right now, but you are. I know you're gonna be fine. No matter where you land, you're gonna be fine. Anyways, this is like I'm waxing philosophical, but I do think that when I see overstructured kids, that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like this, like, you must be doing this thing because this is the way. Right. Yeah. And it's not good for kids. Yeah. And I'm trying to, as we're, it's funny. So we're, we're recording in Kathy's office and behind where Kathy is sitting is a whiteboard where we've written some ideas for future episodes. And one of them is world is effed up. <laughs> that's all that's written. <laughs> the world is effed up. The world is up. So we're going to do a podcast, I guess, about how the world, we were <laughs> just bemoaning how effed up the world is lately. And yeah, I think kind of like, that's what I was thinking of when you were talking about this. Well, there's a great book, Race to Nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the point? What are we trying to accomplish with that kind of behavior? What is, you know, I say it, I think maybe every episode, like what is the long game? Mm -hmm. We'll keep saying it because it's so important. It's, I think it's easy to lose sight of. And we're going to do another episode on about all the things that parents are doing. (laughs) that are actually quite harmful to other parents and to kids, right? And I think, like, part of it is, like, the culture around success. It's it's no bueno. It's not good. It's just really – It's not good. Yeah. And I think – okay, so back to our our kind of – Yeah, I know. We're we're, we're going off. Um, (laughs) I think it's also just important to just continue to remember that balance – like, structure – when balanced is is a pathway to self-care and wellness right for you as a parent so it's really important for you to have your own routines and structures and not buy into sort of this very well i can't because i gotta hustle and i gotta work like if you're talking to your kids about the importance of getting a good night's rest and the way that helps you focus and be more successful and productive but you're also like low key, you know, they, they get up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water and you're still like working at one o'clock in the morning. Like you're not modeling what you're preaching. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's also important that you model those values and because nobody sniffs out hypocrisy better than a teenager. <laughs> nobody. Yeah. It's facts. Facts. Right. They're right. like, uh, well, mom, well, dad, well, whomever you don't do X. Why should I? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, like, as adults, you know, I certainly know this, like, I am very much like my mother in my in my habits. (laughs) 
right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of absorbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether mm-hmm. or not I agreed with her yeah. structure yeah. as a kid, like I am my mother. <laughs> for for better or worse, right? And so the modeling, like how you are in this world, your kids are going to absorb that, right? Yeah. So it's really important, yeah, that modeling piece. Shocking. Primary caregivers, yeah. pretty influential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, newsflash, right? So... Have we covered all the things about structure? Have we tried it? I think so. We like it. We like it when it's balanced. Understructure, bad. Overstructure, also bad. Also bad. But it's important to have structure. I think I just want to leave on that note. Like when thinking about like whether or not your kids need structure, yes, they need structure. Absolutely. And what we saw during the pandemic when kids were learning at home Mm. is that, you know, parents really struggled creating that structure that school typically creates for them. Yeah. Right. And a lot of kids are suffering still because of that. And that's, I mean, it's just like, if we needed evidence that structure is important, like there it is, like the amount, the number of kids that we're seeing with mental health challenges that are coming um, across Village is like really striking. Yeah. And a lot of families contribute it, attribute it to the pandemic and at home, at home learning. And so. Well, and now that the world is sort of more opening up and schools are in person, it's also, it's creating new structure. Right. It's undoing your pandemic lockdown structure into newer structure where, you know, where you might've relaxed your technology rules during the pandemic, because that was the only way for them to connect with their friends. Now we're back to like phones Mm -hmm. in a basket at 9 PM. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, your teenager might not like that if they've had a year of sort of full access. I'll just, I'll give a practical tip. Like one of the things I always tell parents to do, I say, take all devices. Like, half an hour to an hour, like at least half an hour, hopefully you can an hour. It's really hard before your kids go to bed, like all devices done. I was, this is hilarious. I was talking to a student last week and we were talking about routines and trying to work on developing more of a real like evening and bedtime routine. And uh, his parents are still waking him up and he is far too old for that. And I was like, that's not cute. Like you need to start learning how to wake yourself up. And, but we had also talked about not technology in, you know, like outside of his bedroom. And he went on and on about, well, I can't have my phone in my room and my parent. And I was like, you know, there's a thing called alarm clocks, like actual clocks with alarms. (laughs) I bet if I emailed your parents right now, they'd get you one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can buy one for like $8 at Target. $7. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We let's, let's make a movement to put alarm clocks back in people's lives. Cause we're, we're, we depend too, way too much on our smartphones for everything. And that's why there's such a distraction, which is why I'm like, please get these things out of your kid's like night room at night. Like really just, and all your own rooms. Like, I think also like, it's a good rule for just the whole family to be like, you know what? Like the internet is off at this time. We're not streaming Netflix. We're not reading the newspaper. I'm not checking work emails. We're going to read a book. (laughs) With pages. With pages, right? So anyways. Yeah. Do you have any other practical things you want to add, Meredith? Practical structure things? Um, Yeah. Like maybe another practical one is have that, like, especially if the structure is new. Like for a lot of the kids you were asking me earlier, like if they're 16 years old now Mm -hmm. and they haven't had a structure, a schedule, like, 
I have the parents actually write it out on a board. Yeah, I was going to say like, um, put it visual somewhere. cues. That's exactly you read my mind. I was like, yeah. reminders and cues, you know, whatever that might like for some that's a calendar for some it's like on the refrigerator door. The other thing I would say is positively reinforce when the structure is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're noticing that your child is following through on these expectations and 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 rules maybe not perfectly because that's we want progress not perfection be demonstrative about that totally reinforce that yeah yeah that's so important progress 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 not perfection they're going to backslide it's not going to be perfect just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it's not working yeah stick with it keep pushing right like it takes time it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to happen in one week it's not going to happen in two weeks it's probably going to take like a month or two, two, three, four, you know, like you really have to stick with it. Right. So don't give up on the structure and just be like, ah, forget it. It's not working. It's too hard. It's too hard. Yeah. You're doing it because you want, like, just remind yourself of why you're doing this when it's hard. Allow your child to like not learn how to eat solid foods because it was too hard or not learn how to walk or potty train. train. (laughs) You got to use the toilet. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It's real hard. This is, this one's non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, this is a non-negotiable. We're not going to have diapers for the rest of your life. So on that note. <laughs> on that note. Perfect note. Perfect note. We'll end this episode and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. If you like what you're hearing and you have friends with teenagers, please share it with one of them. You can check out this episode and others on our website, wespeakteen.com. And we want to know what you want to know. So if you have questions or hot topics that you want us to cover, email us at hello at wespeakteen.com.